0: Welcome to the Zista Podcast. Today we're talking about Web3, a term that's been buzzing in tech and blockchain circles. Now, Web3 represents a fundamental shift in the way we engage with the internet. It's actually the next phase of the web. So if you think back to the Web1 era, we had static web pages. In Web2, we had interactivity and user-generated content, social media, which really upped the ant. Now with Web3, it's all about decentralization blockchain technology, and putting users back in control. It's a shift, a paradigm shift, where the ownership of data, digital assets, and online identities is in the hands of individuals, not centralized authorities. Joining us today will be Ichta Kumar. She's a seasoned marketing professional She's deeply passionate about, you know, the intersection of brands and the web 3 landscape. Ipshita has helped businesses navigate the dynamic challenges and opportunities presented by technologies like blockchain, decentralized platforms, and NFTs. Without further ado, let's dive into this discussion. Welcome to the show, Ipshita. We're delighted that you're here with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure as well, Ahmed. Fantastic.
0: So let me ask you um, a little bit more about Web Three and NFTs. You know, uh, your, your your current role is VP of Brand Innovation at Hype, and I wanted to ask you, you know, how are you helping brands enter the Metaverse? You know, uh, can you tell us, you know, tell us about that from the perspective of Web Three and NFTs, if you can?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I joined Hype about two years ago, so towards the end of 2021, when we had like the NFT boom. Back then, um, Hype was already a market leader for the last five years in being the go-to creative marketing agency for top 100 crypto projects. But NFTs as a service was still not something that they were providing. So when I joined Hype, my role was to look at how do we take the expertise of all the creatives and the marketeers that we have today and provide a new service offering, which is NFT marketing. And I'd say like within six or seven months in my role, I noticed that NFT is just a small subset of the overall emerging tech because you have the metaverse, you have the gaming side of things. And now today we're talking about AI. Let's go a little bit back. We have AR, VR, right? So all of these, if you were to club them, these would be emerging tech, right? And what I noticed was back then we had brands like Nike, Adidas, Gucci, they were making their moves in web three. So my brain went like, okay, you have traditional brands that are somewhat understanding this space and they're entering Web3 through some of the most exciting initiatives and ways of doing it. What if we were to kind of take a step back and not just look at NFTs as a, as, a, as a core product, but were to look at emerging tech and to just kind of offer the suite of how does a traditional brand today enter, let's say Web3, or how does a traditional brand today adopt emerging tech eventually to build a better relationship with their consumers? So you you can happen to do that either through gaming NFTs through AR mirrors in your stores. Um, there's a wide suite of tools, um, but again, like my role at Type is to just look at how do how can brands understand this space better, and where our role becomes how do we remove the jargon and make it understandable to them in their own terms, so that whatever campaign they want to run, whatever product launch they want to do, leveraging this new tech. Um, we're basically helping them from conceptualization until the execution of it.
0: Awesome. You know, I was reading an interesting article, uh, you know, on HBR regarding how, on on this very point, you know, about how brands are leveraging Web3 technologies. And it, it was making an interesting distinction between, say, traditional offline products versus hybrid, you know, like a more hybrid approach versus a digital first or digital only kind of solution. So It's really interesting to see how brands are doing this and I think early movers will benefit because they will see how consumers are reacting to these technologies, but they will also get some interesting insights as to how they can build and engage with that community. So it's really interesting to see how this space is playing out. It's not really playing out uniformly across the globe. Some players are more at the forefront, but sooner or later everyone's going to catch up. So I wanted to ask you, um, how are brands leveraging these technologies? I mean, so you have you talked a little bit about these this emerging tech stack blockchain NFTs AI uh, decentralized platforms right a lot about Web three is about decentralization. So yeah. uh, how do you see brands uh, you know really trying their best to create value for customers and perhaps even their stakeholders?
1: I love that you use the word value because a lot of times when I when I get asked the word value is missing. And that's what most, most of the times marketeers or like brands, they forget that in the end, you're in the value generation business. If you're selling a product, you need to understand how will this product serve my end customer, right? Um, uh, if you remember, I mean, like even some, uh, both our combined backgrounds in hospitality, when you had the alcohol business initially re how it reacted at the, in the initial boom of direct to consumer websites, they were like, how will I ever sell a beverage if you haven't tasted? So definitely my website does not make sense. Or if you think about perfume makers back in the days, how will you ever buy a Dior perfume if you've never smelled it? But today every single brand has its own uh, e-commerce strategy in place, whether or not that is, uh, let's say, um, contributing to a larger sale in their entire sales funnel. So, um, Web3 is similar. That is, how do you tap into this specific suite of technologies to connect with your consumer, provide value to your consumers eventually? So you have blockchain. So, for example, blockchain, the basic principle of blockchain is to create a more um, transparent transaction where it's very clear as to who bought it, who who resold it, at what value, what kind of royalties were stuck. Um, When you look at it from a high spirits point of view, where you have very rare bottles of wine or rare bottles of spirits, you want to also think about who, what is that trail of the supply chain that it's going through and who eventually owns it? Because there's also a lot of fake production, like in fashion, like a lot of duplicacy. So you have someone like, let's say, Aura Consortium. So there are a consortium of brands like Prada, LVMH. uh, I think there's Cartier as well as Mercedes-Benz. And they built the first ever blockchain solution, which was made by the luxury brands, for luxury brands. So now every time, for example, you buy a Louis Vuitton diamond, it is recorded on Aura Aura blockchain. So that's how, for example, luxury fashion brands are adopting this technology. Um, Then you have um, a company called Blockbar. They've built their own NFT marketplace where you're allowed to sell some of the rarest and the the most luxurious high spirits um and basically all of these spirits are nfts you buy you purchase the nft which means you actually own this specific product they also have the ability for you to store that product till the time you want it so if you don't have the perfect setting in your house um with the the right temperatures they can store that for you as well so a lot of now alcohol brands have started using two Um, make the most highest luxury spirits available to the general consumer, powered by blockchain and NFTs. Um, Then you also have the gaming environment, right? So Roblox, Fortnite, um, which is kind of like notoriously known to be like the perfect place to market to the teenagers of today. Um, But I would kind of uh, disagree there. It's not only used by teenagers, but they're also used by young adults in their early 20s. So you have a lot of brands that are utilizing this Um, gaming space where they can reward the players with branded merch or branded experiences so that these brands get to be on the top of mind. So kind of like H&M building its store inside Roblox. And if I'm a gamer based out of Brazil and I'm spending easily 18 hours a day inside that game and I get, let's say, quests or activities to complete in the H&M land, which will help me get some coupons, which I can then redeem at the physical H&M store so brands are starting to think of how can we leverage the tech and the time spent by the average consumer online today to then convert them into offline sales that is if you're playing a game that's great how can i advertise there which converts into a coupon which converts into a point of sale activation um let's go back to spirits because again hospitality in our nature so you have someone like let's say Bacardi or Budweiser And they are sponsoring a massive festival, let's say, Coachella. So they, let's say, have no idea today how many um, attendees from Coachella are able to or are consuming Budweiser or Bacardi at the venue. What you can do is offer them all NFTs and then those NFTs can then be redeemable. So you might think of it and be like, but these are just tokens. What's so different about it? But it just happens to be on chain, which allows it to be transparent, which allows you to own it completely by yourself. And then the brand itself no longer needs to use platforms like Meta to have them as middlemen. They can own that relationship directly with you in whichever shape or form.
0: Sure. And, you know, there are so many thoughts running through my head when you were <laughs> you know talking, you know, uh, data privacy is, of course, one of them. And yeah. uh, I think going forward. As we 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 we, as brands are trying to find that fine balance between personalization and data privacy. Another thought that was on my mind was, uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know smart brands are using terms like digital, which is you know tracing customer journeys offline and online. And I think that's something that you know marketing attribution models and CRM systems are trying to grapple with. You know, how do you really attribute what channel or which medium has contributed to the sale? But in reality, it's it's a sum of all your experiences across online and offline platforms that make you a consumer and a loyal consumer at that. And it's interesting to see how, you know, the analytics piece is going to stretch into the Web 3.0 realm. But I think with blockchain, it brings a, a lot more transparency, a lot more visibility, and, you know, also prevents counterfeiting of products, you know, as I was reading about this. So it's it's really interesting. My, 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 my two-bit would be that... Uh, uh, not all brands are creating interesting experiences in the metaverse some are experimenting and finding their ways but some are actually doing it right uh, like how you talked about that really good example about uh, doing something in the online in a virtual space and getting rewarded offline you know so I think that's really a, a, something which is easy to think of and uh, also possible to implement so it's, it's really interesting
1: no absolutely and and What's exciting is to be able to play with this with the, this entire suite of um, technologies, right? So, I mean, we're we're from India. We are we're aware of Tata as uh, like the leader with when it comes to gold, to saris, to steel, to hospitality. Now, think about how even like Tata for a brand like Tata or Tanish can inculcate blockchain technology for all their jewelry transactions, right? Um, if we were to think about let's say Tanera, they have this new sari brand. And tomorrow, Tanera comes up and says, hey, you know, like we have a lot of stores in, in in malls, but no one's coming in. What can we do differently? And that's where I would go to them and say, listen, have you thought of AR? And someone who might have heard of AR be like, yeah, that Snapchat thing. And you're like, no, <laughs> not only that Snapchat thing, but imagine your entire store's entry um, um, mirror glass is turned into an AR mirror. And what this happens is every single time a woman's passing by, the AR filter just puts this, this AR... Gorgeous
0: sari. on you. Yeah. yeah. And
1: okay. imagine, lacks and lacks of people walking in front of the store every week. If they get that sari on them, which means A, I don't have to go inside, wear the petticoat and the blouse and the sari to try it. I just tried it and I was walking by and I would be so much more incentivized to go inside and um, actually do sorry shopping. So it's about looking at technology a completely different way um, than the way it's actually presented to us, which is what I feel like a lot of brands are doing. Like you said, some of them are just not doing it the right way, um, but some of them are really crushing it. And I'll tell you, the recipe for this is to be on brand. A lot of brands think, just because I'm trying to do something with NFTs, I have to do something completely crazy, and it needs to have the monkey JPEGs, because, you know, (laughs) everybody knows the, the word ape. And we keep telling that forget what others are doing. Who are you for your offline uh, community? Who are you for your Instagram community? Take that essence and let's transform that on-chain because the people who will love you won't change. <laughs> They'll be the same.
0: That's an amazing insight. And I think staying true to your uh, the essence of your brand, staying on brand, as you mentioned, makes uh, a lot of sense. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of more questions. You know, Um how are brands preparing for a future? So can you imagine a future where a brand is not leveraging Web3? You know, and, and in that vein, what skills and capabilities do they need to actually move faster, you know?
1: Um I'm in a present where brands are not leveraging Web3. But I guarantee that I would be in future where all brands are leveraging. And a lot of times. Um, this has to do with their uh, willingness to experiment. Not a lot of times you as a brand manager have the ability to experiment because maybe you've, you've heard of a very obscene story online about crypto and like how a lot of people lost money um, or they are looking at um, the extensive amount of investment that could be required to build your own metaverse. But I think it's important to, coming back, understand who are you as a brand and what suite of tools you need. Not every brand needs a metaverse activation. Not every brand needs an NFT activation. Maybe, um, actually, you know Tiffany as a brand, the the high-end jewelry company. Sure. They entered Web3 by not launching their own collection, by not um, doing a metaverse activation. But they just partnered with one of the largest and the most expensive and high-valued NFT collection and said, listen, you have this JPEG. We will build the JPEG version, but so the Tiffany pendant version of your JPEG, so you can actually flaunt it. So for them, it was an extension to their existing service offering. They wow. didn't really develop really uh, NFT strategy. So A, you should be willingly willing to experiment. Um, you should definitely have your purpose and value w- what you're providing like at the top of your funnel. And then also wanting to learn constantly because it's a new avenue. It's like 10 years ago when most brands didn't have an Instagram account and we were wondering when is this brand going to have an Instagram account? You know, I mean, like if you look at some of the top luxury brands today or even sporting companies like Manchester United and Liverpool, they've all gone ahead and started hiring for a Web3 lead or a metaverse lead or NFT collection manager. So we're already seeing some brands take it seriously but we have like at least at least half a million brands in the world that are still yet to to take it on uh, this part of uh, our, the technology suite.
0: Sure sure maybe I was uh thinking of uh you know uh, something from the future but in my mind it's 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 a matter of time uh that brands will actually be adopting Web3 technologies in a much bigger way. And I'm sure at Hype, what you're probably doing is, you're going to a brand, you're looking at what really is their need, and then based on that emerging stack of technologies that is there in your arsenal, you're picking and choosing specific products or solutions which actually are a good fit. And I think, uh, you know, you've, you as an, as, as an individual, and I'm sure as a company, have learned so much along the way in terms of the implementations, in terms of... Uh, you know the projects that you all have executed, right? And yeah. uh, it's really interesting to see some of these uh, applications. You know, so not everything is at the has to be the heart of Web three. It could be an allied opportunity at, yeah. at the fringes, as you mentioned with Tiffany, for example. So that's such an interesting, uh, you know, uh, case study for you to share. So thanks for that.
1: Of course,
0: pleasure. I want to ask you, you know, Pritha, you you. You recently launched your own short course, uh, "Make Waves in Web 3 and it's a course that one can take on LinkedIn. So, what really inspired you to create this uh, short course?
1: Yeah, so this short course was actually supported by Albright Collective. So, they're think of them like a soul House, but for women founders that are that's based in London. So, um, they reached out because they were already partnering with Ripple, which is one of the leading crypto solutions provider for for businesses. So, they partnered because they wanted to create these short learning courses that was free and accessible to all to help a lot of women get onboarded onto Web3. Because, you know, like we work with a lot of jargon, which I feel is completely unnecessary. So if you work with so much jargon, you automatically make the space really inaccessible. So when they reached out for me, it was a no-brainer because as my professional job, it is, I'm anyway kind of um, helping break this World of Web three for brands, so it just made sense for for me to kind of collaborate with them to make it more accessible for women. But yeah, the goal here is to uh, just make this space more accessible for women. Um, Just because in general, if you look at statistics, there's there's actually not a lot of women that are currently working in Web three, and let alone an Indian woman. So I'm still yet to meet a lot of them. Um, I can probably name. I've everyone with just one hand. Uh, so yeah, we want to make that space a little bit more accessible.
0: Awesome. I, th- I think uh, it's only a matter of time. And uh, what we've seen here in India is that there are a lot of Web3-centric agencies that are coming up uh, that are actually creating metaverse kind of environments for even local brands. So it's really interesting. And I'm sure in their rank and file, they do have a mix uh, mixed gender, you know, so it's men and women. Um but i think uh, you're at a really big firm you're you're playing a very important role so i can understand when you said that i can count them on my hands so totally with you on that uh, 100... yeah you were saying something please
1: yeah no i was just saying 100% and um if anything i feel like india has been always leading when it comes to the tech stack like solution providing and we just need to kind of like amplify that and like pull a bit more women into the space um, that would be that would be the dream
0: sure <laughs> You know, um, I, I know I don't fit the, the uh the, the gender that you had in mind, but I, I'm thinking of taking this, this course too.
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> All
0: right. Um that brings me to one one more question, you know, in terms of resources and platforms. So, you know, is there anything that you can recommend to learners out there who want to um, you know, learn more about Web3. You know, maybe develop their knowledge, their skills in this space so that they can become employable, you know look at careers in this space, what would you tell them?
1: Absolutely. So, um, my past, so first of all, let me backtrack. There is no book. (laughs) Sure. There is no professor that can teach you because we're at the infancy of it. Um, So I would say that we are also very lucky to be in the time of the world where access to resources like this, like learning opportunities is, at least the majority of it is free. So you can easily access it on YouTube, TikTok, Uh, You can even have a lot of educational-based influencers that are making some very nice bite-sized videos and distributing them on meta platforms. But then this also means that the access to misinformation is like very fast. So um, my go-to resources have always been to follow some of the the leading people um, in Web3 um, by subscribing to their podcasts, to subscribing to their newsletters, um, I'm like, I'm not so much a visual learner as much as I enjoy reading and listening, so I prefer to just, uh, follow some of those. Uh, I'm happy to share their, their, their names as well, but yeah, most of the times they revolve around folks that are actually building in this space because you have two types of people, right? You have the ones that are building in Web3 and the ones that are talking a lot about Web3, but they've never really done much of an application, which is where sometimes you're to have a lot of misinformation. So. Your goal to would be if you were an engineer, maybe follow ten engineers or CTOs in this space from some of the largest firms or largest companies in web three and follow what they are writing, follow them on socials, because they are in any way educating a lot. If you're a marketeer, then maybe follow a handful of people who are already into web three marketing. If you are into product development. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's always better to uh Follow the the people who are building, and then the resources that they provide, whether that's on LinkedIn, Twitter, or on um, through their own newsletters that they're running. There is a ton of gold to be found from there. Versus some random guy posting a lot of videos and like has botted crazy follows and he's saying the Web three is dead. And like five months ago, he said I made a million dollars on Web three, and like and you know where the motivation is really coming from.
0: Sure, sure. So I think that's good, rock-solid advice. And, uh, you know, I'm sure viewers will, you know, appreciate, uh, you know, listening to this. Uh, I'm going to go back, uh, rewind to a little bit about what we were discussing a little before we started recording this podcast in terms of how your background has helped, you know. So you've, you've had a background in hospitality. You've studied great brands like La Roche and Gleon. And now today you are not really uh, in the hospitality industry per se. You are a very... You know, in a you find yourself in a very different space working with Web three technologies at a leading firm. So, I wanted to ask you, how has your education uh, helped you or shaped you in terms of what you are doing today?
1: That's a very interesting question. Not a lot of people ask me because they don't really know my background in as well as hospitality until we they, they get into the talking. But if anything, um, it's really shaped me for for who I am today. Um, I mean, I I spent I did my bachelor's in the marbeya which is primarily an like uh, it's completely international actually when i used to be a student i remember not seeing anyone from india and like over time i saw more um uh, students come in but that itself helped me understand that okay there is there are not other indians that i can kind of go and cling and like have my safe space i am in the middle of a lot of europeans we don't speak the same language we don't have the same cultural belief we don't have the way same way of upbringing so you have to get out of your comfort zone to be become friends with them and to build your own social circle. So that was like my first ever experience of getting out of the comfort zone. And then the rounds of internships that I did was again another signal of, okay, now that you got comfortable in La Roche, welcome to another uncomfortable zone where you have to deal with your life finances and like <laughs> your job scenario in a real working environment. So all in all, it's really kind of like shape because these experiences helped, um me always look outside the comfort zone. And it was not until I was working at the Renaissance in Barcelona that I realized that I wanted to be in a space um, that was more so pushing forward in tech. And I'll tell you why, because back then I could order food on Glovo Delivero Zomato, right? I could, um, I could go on a date using Tinder. I could order a cab by a press of a uh, of button, Uber, but I noticed how the hospitality as an industry was not tech forward. So I was like, okay, I want to take a time, some time off from the industry, go into emerging tech, build here, and then bring that back. And which is where I'm seeing today, right? Um, I've already worked with three, three F&B brands this year, helping them in their Web3 journey. And that itself for me is is a big milestone because it allows me to bring it back home the education that I have and the experiences that I've shaped. But yeah, it's been a very interesting interesting journey um, and, and I wouldn't trade it for anything else.
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, you know, this has been a fantastic uh, discussion. I really want to thank you for making time in your day to come on our podcast and talk to our students about Web 3.0 and the, the things they can explore in this space. Really, there is just so much uh, that someone can explore. So uh, this is perhaps just a starting point, but at least it will spark some curiosity you know ignite some passion somewhere so thanks for that you know
1: my pleasure it's it's always a pleasure to talk to you amit and happy to be here
0: all right that was an amazing session i hope you enjoyed it as much as we did ipshita did a fab job by sharing her expertise and talking about trends and the insights as to how brands are successfully navigating the web3 world if you like what we're doing, subscribe to our channel on YouTube and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Our handle is the Zista Podcast. Till we meet again, we'd say stay curious.